Hello and welcome to the Edify Podcast. This is designed for you, preacher, teacher, shepherd, deacon of the kingdom of God, for your edification, for your uplifting, for your ministry. If you want to strengthen your heart as a preacher, it isn't enough to respond to various tests as they come up. You need to proactively set your heart Uh, Ezra 7 and verse 10, For Ezra had set his heart to study the law of the Lord, and to do it, and to teach his statutes and rules in Israel. Setting your heart involves establishing core convictions to guide you as a person and as a preacher. These, These convictions shape how you approach God's word to study, practice, and to teach it. These convictions help stabilize you as a preacher. Uh, when you face critical feedback or cultural pressure, a primary heart-level conviction uh, that, that will strengthen your soul to proclaim God's Word is the decision to become and remain an expository preacher. The word expository is more than a bit fuzzy for many people. Some think that an expository preacher means that you and, and that your sermons are, are a very uh, verbal, verse-by-verse commentary on a passage of Scripture. Others assume that it means preaching sequentially through Ephesians or Genesis, or for me, I'm going through the book of Matthew right now, uh, or any other book of the Bible. Some associate exposition with being strong on historical explanation, but kind of weak on really relevant application. So before making a commitment for or against exposition, a preacher must be clear on what exactly is involved and what constitutes and what makes up an expository sermon. In his book, Biblical Preaching, Haddon Robinson, um, who is a really, really a leading advocate for expository preaching, he provides a, a single penetrating question to help us dis- determine whether we are committed to expository preaching. Uh, he asks the question, do you as a preacher endeavor to bend your thoughts to the scriptures or do you use the scriptures to support your thoughts? That's a good question. Uh, expositors bend their thoughts to scripture. Non-expositors do the reverse. To adapt a line from uh, the poet Robert Frost, two roads diverge in the homiletical woods. And at this homiletical fork in the road, all preachers must decide which path to follow. The expository path, which is the road less traveled, it it follows the text wherever it leads. On the expository path, the, the, the scripture, not the preacher, sets the sermon's direction. The alternative path heeds in a direction which is chosen by the preacher. Scripture may be used on this path, but it is not followed in the same way. Not everyone champions the the expository path as the right one for preachers and audiences. Um, Harry Emerson Fosdick, a a well-known preacher from the early 20th century in religious circles, um, now while some in, in Fosdick's day, you know, advocated expository preaching as the cure for shallow sermons. Fosdick saw it only as the cure for insomnia. (laughs) He said many preachers indulge habitually in what they call expository sermons. They take passages from Scripture and proceeding on the assumption that the people attending the worship or the church, as he says, that morning are deeply concerned about what that passage means. They spend their half hour or, or more on historical exposition of the verse or chapter ending with some... Uh, appended practical application to the auditors. Could any pr- procedure be more surely uh, predestined to dullness and futility? 
So does a commitment to exposit, you know, expository preaching or exposition guarantee irrelevant, boring sermons? That's a good question I ask. Now, while, while anyone can preach a very boring sermon, a commitment to exposition doesn't increase the odds. In fact, expository preaching done well not only proves faithful to Scripture, but also fascinating to listeners. Fosdick misunderstood expository preaching, so he missed the major advantages it brings to both preachers and their congregations. Here, here are three benefits, if I could give you something today. Here are three, just three, just three for time's sake, uh, benefits of, of a commitment to exposition. Number one, there is more authority in your sermons. Preacher, who do you think you are? Or who do I think that I am, that I am able to tell others what to do or to think? What gives me or you the right to impose my idea on another person? Why should anybody listen to you, and why should anybody listen to me? Expository preachers answer these questions with a confident humility. We say, you know, I have no authority in myself to tell anyone what to think or to do, but God does. My authority is derived from and dependent upon his word. Since the Bible is the word of God, those who faithfully exposit scripture speak with God's authority only as we accurately, and that's the word, accurately expound the word of God. Can we honestly claim God's backing for our sermons? Uh, in, in in fact, if, if we don't ground our preaching squarely on God's word, we build on some other foundation, which is vanity, which is fake. And, 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 and church members see it and they know it. No wonder they walk away. It may be our own ideas. It may be prevailing cultural thinking or at least scientific or, or, or sociological findings. But if it is something other than scripture, we stand on shifting sand only as we preach God's word can we give people rock-solid truth. Only then do we prepare uh, those folks and ourselves to weather the storms of life and uh, the coming judgment day, Matthew 24 through 27. So number one, we have authority in our sermons when we preach expositionally. Number two, there is more nourishment for our people. Back in Jeremiah's time, the preachers getting the most attention were serving up a, a steady diet of their own dreams and visions. God assessed these sermons as spiritual junk food. He wanted spokesmen who fed people his word, quote, let him who has my word speak my word faithfully, which implies that there can be an unfaithful representation of God's word. Uh, and he goes on to say, what, what has straw in common with wheat, declares the Lord, Jeremiah 23, 28. What was true in Jeremiah's day remains true today. To, to help our people grow spiritually, and healthily, in a, in a very healthy way, we, we, we must feed them a nourishing diet of God's word rather than our own dreams and visions. It shouldn't surprise us that the Greek word translated sound doctrine in Titus 2 literally means healthy teaching. Uh, that's verse 1 of Titus 2. When our, when our sermons faithfully exposit the truth of a passage in the scripture, we're giving people nutrition and nutritional messages, nutritious messages uh, that promote spiritual health. So what does it look like in an expository preaching? Number one, my, my, my sermon has God's authority. Number two, my sermon has um, 
God's nourishment. And, and number three, there's more variety in our sermons. Instead of making sermons predictable or similar, exposition actually pushes preachers toward greater variety in their sermons. Uh, jo- James Stewart, uh, Scottish preacher, um, he says, the preacher who expounds his own limited stock of ideas becomes deadly wearisome at last. The preacher who expounds the Bible has endless variety at his disposal. For no two texts say exactly the same thing. Every passage has a quite distinctive meaning. It is not the Holy Spirit's way to repeat himself. God is not redundant. If God does say something twice, it's for the sake of notice. Uh, And so those who set their hearts uh, to be expository preachers actually lift a burden off of their own souls. The decision to faithfully expose, that's the word, unfold the meaning Uh, The message of Scripture in our sermons, it relieves us of the pressure of devising a novel or or impressive things to say. Uh, It is the Word that speaks with authority. It is the Word that speaks with power. It is the Word that penetrates to the division of the soul and the spirit, Hebrews 4 and verse 2. Not me and not my words and not my craft and how I deliver it. It is the Word of God that does that. It is not the best way that I can say it. It is not the the most catchy way that I can say it. It is the Word of God that penetrates and divides the soul and the spirit. The Word that feeds hungry hearts is the Word that changes lives. So let's stay dedicated on staying on the path of expository preaching. Choosing to head down the expository path is essential, but it is not enough. Let Let me preface this. After selecting the right homiletical path, we must determine to stay on that path. It's quite possible for a preacher uh, to be mentally committed to expository preaching, but functionally engaged in something else. Uh, Dwayne uh, Litvin, he he was a preaching professor uh, at a particular seminary, and, and he explains what it means to say to stay really on this expository path. He says, the substance of your preaching should be both derived from a, here is the kicker, transmitted through the study of a passage of the Bible. That is what it means to say a sermon is expository. Let me quote that again. The the substance of your preaching should be both derived from and transmitted through the study of a passage of the Bible. This is what it means to say a sermon is expository. Litvin is on to something really important when he calls for sermons to be transmitted through the study of a passage. Here is where many preachers wander off uh, the expositional path. The messages uh, they prepare stray far afield from the author's flow of thought, and as a result, they wind up in homiletical weeds. Expository sermons at their best follow the terrain of the text. The sermon is developed in a way that leads people to track um, with with the biblical author's flow of thought as expressed in the passage, the preacher's explanations, his declarations, his applications, and the gospel invitation all grow out of the soul of the text. And at times, the passage even provides some of the preacher's illustrations for him. This is what Litvin was, was meaning uh, when he speaks of having the substance uh, of our sermon being transmitted through the study of a passage. In short, expository preachers don't just read the text at the start of the sermon or use the text as a starting point for their sermon. 
um, or for their own thoughts. The passage is not just the trailhead for the sermon, it is the trail. Expository preachers work hard to keep the minds and hearts of their hearers in close proximity to God's Word. How do we walk out a commitment to selecting and staying on the expository path as we prepare and preach our sermons? It's a good question. Here are the three steps that will lead us in the right direction in sermon exegesis, in sermon development, and in sermon delivery. In sermon exegesis, give give primary energy to understanding what the biblical writer said. Through careful exegesis and prayerful reflection, seek to track the author's flow of thought and discover his his uh, what we might say pastoral purpose. What was the shepherding thought in this? Where was he guiding us in this way? What is the Holy Spirit trying to teach us in this way? Take everything else out of the equation. What does this text mean in and of itself? Resist the pull to chart your own homiletical path, uh, but to seek to faithfully retrace, retrace step for step the biblical author's conceptual footsteps. As you develop your, your, your sermons, craft them so that they lead people on a journey through the passage, following the biblical author's flow of thought. Make it your goal to help your hearers uh, clearly see how your explanation and applications come right from this passage and nowhere else. Finally, keep people's attention on the text of the Scripture as you deliver your sermon. Don't simply read the passage at the outset of the message and then figuratively or literally put your, your Bible down and make your own way forward. Instead, regularly and repeatedly point people to the important features of the text. Heed the wise counsel of um, of uh, of John Piper. Let me go ahead and use this. Um, what he's offering beginning preachers, and, and this, this applies equally to seasoned ones because I've heard older preachers in the brotherhood preach some low-hanging fruit, topical sermon that they're preaching to people who in the crowd know that sermon back and forth. And this is one thing that, that John Piper said. Again and again, my advice to beginning preachers is, quote the text, quote the text, say the actual words of the text again and again, show the people where your ideas are coming from. Most people do not easily see the connections a preacher sees between his words and the words of the text he is preaching from. Those are wise words. Two roads diverge in the homiletical woods. Along one path walk preachers who bring their thoughts to the text, using Scripture to support their own ideas. Along the other path go preachers who bend their thoughts to the text, submitting their ideas to Scripture. Only preachers who consistently choose to bend their thoughts to the text walk on the expository path thus reassuring their hearts by knowing that the power behind their sermons is from God and not their own opinions. For too long this has been the road less traveled. Thankfully there are promising signs of change in the brotherhood. God is raising up a generation of preachers committed to staying on the expository path. And not just in the brotherhood, even in other religious circles, either and especially in the denominational world, there are people who are leaving their said traditions and they are well-known people in the well-known of their own, quote, their own brotherhood. I want to encourage you to be one of those people. 
whatever religious circle that you're in, whether you're in the body of Christ or in a denominational circle, which you may feel you're in the body of Christ, or you're making your way toward the body of Christ. You're seeing that your own denomination is breaking down, and its structure is not sound. If you set your heart to take the expository path, what can you expect to happen? Will expository preaching have an immediate and increased impact on your hearers? Not always. And this brings us to next week's point that we as preachers can strengthen our souls and guard our hearts with making sure that we have right size expectations so be forward to look into next week um be 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 earnest in looking to next week especially about because expectations are um they can get us into trouble as we bring this podcast episode to a close let, let me say this. I don't know um, I don't know what has caused the decline in in the body of Christ uh, for a lack of preaching. Why are we losing children? Why are we losing people? One of the things that I that I know for sure is that when we preach our opinions, we are not we are not preaching the gospel. When we preach our traditions, we are not preaching the gospel. When we when we proof text our own positions and our own thoughts based upon uh, going through and cherry picking verses and proof texting our religious friends how wrong they are, we do ourselves a disservice, and we are we are committed to not the the climbing but the declining of the church that our Lord died for. Stop preaching topical sermons for the sake of proof texting your positions. It is low-hanging fruit, and it's keeping our brethren weak. I I love a topical sermon. I I think topical sermons are great, especially for um, lectureships when we preach on a specific topic. I I I love podcasts that that are dedicated to topics. I get that. But day in, day out, nitty-gritty, in the trenches, war in the pulpit does not just need to be topical preachings. It is good to preach a topic, yes, and especially on a topic that needs to be addressed. Maybe your elders here recently for me, my elders pulled me aside and, and they said, we want to feed God's flock this way this week. If you could do that, please please put your sermon around this topic. And, and I did, and I'm so thankful for their wisdom and for their willingness to, to step in and, and take charge over the pulpit, which they've given me direction to, to bend. But as my, as my shepherds, I humbly submit to that, and I pray that you do as well, without, without any pride, that you humbly bend over to that and you, you, you bow the knee to your elders and allow them to direct your steps um, as biblical as possible. Now, make sure, though, make sure that your topics that you're preaching uh, can be topics, but they're preached expositionally. We look at our religious friends and we see them take things out of context, or we see them take things from the Old Testament and try to apply it uh, directly today as a command of God. And And we look at that and we balk, and we should, but we need to ask the question, am I doing that? Am I maybe not reaching toward the Old Testament, but am I reaching toward our traditions and trying to preach our traditions? Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do a disservice to God and to his people. Uh, Don't damn yourself by your preaching. Don't do that. 
preach what God says. Preach the Word. Preach the Word. Preach the Word. Nothing else. Make application that is there in the text. Nothing else. We, we can do so much better by dedicating ourselves to the exposition of the actual text, not trying to pull uh, from the text our own thought, but allowing the Holy Spirit to give us the thought this day in this text. That is my prayer for you. May God bless you in your preaching of his word.